What a sermon about creation. It always amazes me that many people can look, can look at God's world and the earth and look at human beings and how we function and how we have so wonderfully been made and then wonder if there's a God. Now, my wife informed me last week that I set the congregation up. I made you all think I was going to talk about how much more the Bible is more important than science. And so whichever one you believe, you'll be here this morning expecting answers. And I told her, I said, yes, dear, but that's okay. It was just to come on. (laughs) It was just to get them here, and God's all right with that. And so am I. Here's why. Not because what science says about creation is not helpful. Not because what the scriptures say about creation is not helpful, for they are. But we should not have to convince any believer that God created the heavens and the earth. You don't have to be a genius to figure out that the words spoken in the first and second chapters of the book of Genesis are not just as true as anything else you've ever heard about creation. You say, well, yeah, but I'm really a scientist, and, and, and we don't really go by faith. I know. Two stray particles wandering around. Wandering around. Going nowhere in the vast universe. And then they collided. And you have a voice like that. (laughs) Because two little atoms collided, big bang, and creation begun. Create a voice like that. And those. And they tell me they don't have any faith. The biggest miracle I can imagine is if science was right. It's easier to believe in God than to believe that. Two particles run into each other, create some kind of organism that comes some other kind of organism, blah, 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 blah. Millions of years later, they become a walking, intelligent creature that looks like God, sings like angels, and has the power to be involved in creation with God, and that happens by chance. That is faith or stupidity. For all you scientists, I'm sorry. You can be a good scientist, a great scientist, and still be Christian. In fact, if you believe the Big Bang Theory, you are more Christian than scientists. I promise you. That is hard to believe. It's impossible for me to believe. I'm not going to try and convince you of that. It's a hard book. Let's face it. Who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses, everybody says. Does it say so in the book of Genesis? No. Does it say so anywhere in the Bible? Who wrote the book of Genesis? Who wrote the book of Romans? Does it say so? Yeah. We know a lot more about who wrote Romans than we do who wrote Genesis, right? Moses is given authority over the Pentateuch as its author, primarily for its organization and its putting down in some way. But Moses was inspired not in exactly the same way, but by the same God who inspired Paul and all the other writers of the New Testament. Though the authorship of Genesis or the rest of the books of the Pentateuch are really not claimed in Scripture, at least I know uh, Genesis is not, that doesn't believe that God did not ins- doesn't mean that God did not inspire Moses. Moses was on that mountain a long time. What do you think they talked about? 
I mean, he wandered around for ages, you know, trying to lead those people to be God's people. What do you think that he and God were talking about when he's praying all the time? Now, I don't know how he did it, and neither does anyone else. I just believe he did. Because it is the only thing that I can find that makes any sense out of creation as it exists is for some kind of God to be involved. Some of you are pretty smart. We can't even make football stadiums that stand up. <laughs> Ask the people in Allen. We can't make roads that don't buckle and cave under. We can't stop the seas from receding or growing. We can't stop many, many things that we try to create in this earth, but God can. It's a big thing to say God is our creator. It's a huge thing, and people are uncomfortable with it. If you're uncomfortable with it, I understand. You ought to get over it, but I understand. I'm sure glad we had this extra water up here. It takes a hand to create a water as good as it comes in a green bottle, right, right Brian? Be sure not to get your extra check. He was inspired, and I believe he used many sources. People have been sending me things to read during this week about creation, things I could read, and I like reading them. They didn't have anything to do a lot with what I was going to preach about, although they could have it in very many different parts, but time is limited, and I'm going to get to read more and more about creation. It's fun. I like to see people who are snookered and come to light. I like to see people who think they know so much. The atom is the smallest particle. Can you believe it? Not now. I mean, it used to be, but now we know stuff smaller than an atom, right? I mean, and that, but that's a fact now. We thought it was a fact back when they found it, but now we know this is a... Okay, so facts are moving pictures, puzzles, right? The Word of God, however, is not. It has been fixed in this book by many different writers and ordained for the purposes of bringing salvation and the story of God's interaction with people to light. And it does so. Is it perfect? In many ways, yes, it is. Is it all that we need? Absolutely. Is all the grammar right? No. Are all the stories matching up? No. My wife and I have been married for 41 years, and we still can't tell the same story the same way. <laughs> I mean, we were both there, but we've got it all mixed up. And it's, it's, it's a joke, or it's something we avoid. It's all kinds of things, but the reality is we rarely get it exactly the same way. That doesn't mean that the event was not true in itself. What is it about Genesis that's the story that I want you to be able to tell your people? It's just nice to be able to tell them that God spoke and there was light and then God divided the light from the darkness. It's good to be able to tell that story to your children and your grandchildren. It's good to go right on through it and tell them all about how God spoke and creation happened that is the most incredible thing for us to try and fathom. God alone is our creator. And the power of the word that when God speaks is unbelievable. God is sovereign. God is creator and only God. Now, at the time they were writing this and at the time they were receiving this, that was not that clear. But even in those days, they knew there was a divine factor a God factor involved in their earth. They understood that God had to make it rain. Now, we think we know why it rains today, right? And even sometimes we're trying to make it rain. That's not turning out very well for us. Uh, I, I hear they're trying to make babies in test tubes. You know, I know they are. Uh, 
God help them and God help the, oh, God help them. Uh, but anyway, I know what you know, and that is that God is sovereign and that God is creator. We know who did it, even if we don't know exactly how God did it. I don't know if there was a big bang, but if there is, I've got an idea who made the big bang. If it was evolution, it's true in some of its parts, obviously. At its most basic self, is it the explanation for everything? I don't think so. If you want to think so, you can if you want to. It would be wrong, but that's okay. But even if there's evolution, it's God inspired and God instituted because you see before there was anything there was God and God is our creator and if we don't get that settled the rest of the book is almost useless to us that was something you need to write down because you tend to forget it you said what do you mean I tend to forget it you tend to forget it God is your creator and therefore, God is a sole sovereign ruler by right of your life, period. So anytime I get ready to argue with God when I'm hurting because I'm losing loved ones or I just don't like the way things are going, and occasionally I've been known to have a complaint session with God, I file for it, get my moment, come before God. I say, I have some stuff I want to talk to you about. And God says, okay, let's hear it. On second thought, God, I think I'll... I'm okay with it. <laughs> because you see, God doesn't have to explain God's own self to Doug Miller, nor to you. If God hadn't spoken you into existence, mixed a little dirt together with water, shaped you into an image of himself, and breathed life into you, you could be a worm. <laughs> or a snake. Or you could just not be at all. He could have stopped after five days and took two days off. <laughs> it's something to think about. Without God, there's no you. That's a, that's a scary thought for me. I can't imagine a world without Doug. <laughs> and you can't imagine a world without you either. And sometimes in all that living, we forget that we're not creators. We're just creatures. Now, we're special creatures. But first of all, let's remember that God is creator. Because most of the time, the theological arguments I get into, the book of Genesis is never mentioned. I could name them, but I'm not going to because I don't want to do that. I just want to say this. If whatever you're thinking about in terms of theology and God's interaction in our world does not fit God's intended purpose as designed and outlined in the book of Genesis in the first and second chapter, then it's probably not of God. I'm pretty safe in that. For instance, I hear people tell me all the things, that's bad for you. Really? Really? That's bad for me. I've been to churches a lot of time where the worst thing in the world was something God created and made. Grape juice. A little on the fermented side. But they spent a lot of sermons on preaching about how evil is alcohol. Really? Let's see. Let's look again. I won't be sure about this because this is a biggie in some churches. Not here so much. Some churches, let's see. And God saw that all he had made, and behold, it was very good. Grapes are good. Your next door neighbor, you know the ugly one that lives next door that you really don't like, and you don't even think looks like God? 
God saw that person before that person was ever born. And God said that person was... Very good. God saw people born and scattered all over his earth. At the time they began to talk about this God, they had many gods. So when the writer of Genesis said there's one God, one creator, he was turning the world upside down. Before that, they'd been trying to figure out which God was in power and which gods are the ones they needed to listen to most. And along comes God and says, you need to listen to one God most, and that's me because I'm the only one that really is really God. You see, they love to have a whole house full of gods. Kept getting the, the, the Jewish folks in trouble. Israel would travel around, and they'd, they'd worship God as they knew him, but they kept wanting to bring in the gods of other lands. Kind of just, just in case, cover the, all bases, as we like to say in America, right? You got a God for this, you got a God for that, and then of course you got Jehovah, and God said, No, you only got one God, because if you don't get rid of that other trash, you're not going to have that God. And over and over again, they had to learn that lesson. Creatures want to be the creator, they really do. They want to tell God what's right. Churches want to tell God what's right. Parents want to tell their children what's right about God. Until their children get old enough to read the Bible, it's a dangerous time for parents. You know, you've been telling them all about the Bible, what they need to do, and then all of a sudden they're reading the Bible, and they're coming back to you and saying, what you just did, the Bible says you shouldn't do that. Don't you hate it when they grow up like that? Little stinky rascals. They get old enough to remind you that you're just as bad as they are, even though you're a lot older. You still want to do what you want to do when it comes right down to it. And now you convince yourself God ordains all kinds of stuff. I've had people tell me, well, God told me, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. I, I know which God told you that, too. And it's not the one with the big G. We love to be the creation who tells the creator the way the world ought to be. The world is what God intended it to be before sin. And since all that is bad and evil within it, does not belong or is God responsible for. Sin is responsible for the bad stuff. God looked at the creation and said, it is good. First point, can you tell that story? Can you just not tell that to your children? Can you just not practice it? How we use what we've been given, that's what turns good stuff into what we call bad stuff. It's how we use it. Secondly, the story says something really cool when it says... They created male and female in the image of us. I know, two creation stories and all that stuff you read by all the smart folks who write books. It doesn't have to be two creation stories. If you want two creation stories, have them. I don't think it's necessary. You have one big general one that stops in chapter one, and then you have the particular one that tells you exactly what he did when making humans from the dust to the ground. One is general and one's in particular for me, so I've only got one creation story. Now, if some of you have two, you're welcome to have two. They write about it in a lot of books. I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but, you know, so it's not, yeah. it didn't matter to me anyway, right? Because what matters to me is in the middle of that story, he says, you are created in the image of God, and we should look that way. And in the beginning, that's the way it was. It was so good that God walked around with them in the garden because they were pure. I'm going to talk about that next week a lot. 
because we couldn't handle it. They didn't handle it, and we haven't been handling it every moment since. But in the beginning, it was all very good. Humankind is not like everything else that was created. I think I've mentioned this before, but let me give that short sermon. I'm better than a dog, even your dog. And if you want to leave a million dollars to my dog, don't do it. I, one of our actresses passed away. She supposedly she left a lot of her fortune to a pet. Let me tell you something. That is sad. A pet is a wonderful thing to have. I've had many. But a pet is not my wife, nor my children, nor you, nor any other being that was created in the image of God. Only humans can make decisions. Only humans. You say, oh, my dog knows exactly what they do. No, no, no. Only humans have the mind created in the image of God. Only humans are able to discern what is right and wrong. And God created us in that way. Created us in his own image. So if you love your pet, I'm glad for you to love your pet. If you wanted to tell me that you love your pet more than some people because your dog's nice to you all the time. Keep that opinion to yourself because it makes me want to strangle you because you'll pet as much as you love it as much as you feel loved by that pet. There are so many humans that could use that love that we spend living and loving a pet who can only understand it at a certain level. I know I'm going to get letters now, but that's okay. I don't always open my mail. So just know it on the outside what it's about and help me out. Second point, we're created in the image of joy of God. Last one, we're responsible for what God has already created for ourselves and for creation itself. Because we have that will and soul, we're able to be held accountable to God. God wanted to live with us forever in a perfect world, but we would not have it. We thought something else would be better. We thought the serpent was wiser than God, and the apple looked good to eat. My doctors told me this last week, that my kidneys are a little old. And my wife was listening to every word. I'm thinking, this is a good time for you to leave, dear. But he said, you know, your kidneys, they're a little old. Then she made a mistake of telling us about how much of my kidneys were working. And she got pretty excited about that. And I could hear my wife almost gasping. Thank goodness, she said, but just take care of what you have left and you'll be fine. I'm not for sure my wife ever heard that. <laughs> Something about 40%. And then I, seeing the damage already done, I decided, well, I, I need to redeem this if it's possible. So I said, well, now how much kidney would a person have my age, my situation, if they had been a good boy all their life? And she said, oh, about 70% maybe, maybe 75. If they'd been good age, you see, slows down your kidneys too. Well, there's a lot of difference between that 75% and that percent she said I've got left, but it's still enough in God's grace for my kidneys to work fine if I'll just behave now. That's called extreme grace, right? We're going to practice that, extreme grace. Isn't that true in so much of our life? Isn't it true that we use up a lot of our life doing stuff that hurts us or harms us or is really not good for us? And then we're surprised when it comes our way. 
in a negative way. But in God's grace, he made our bodies so amazing that with the help of the doctors who is, are not nearly as smart as they think they are, but God is who teaches them all that they know and how to use it. The same way with the rest of us, by the way. I've never met a preacher who's as smart as they thought they were. I know a lot of preachers. And every one of us think we know a lot. I never met a school teacher who didn't know more than I did. My wife reminds me of it constantly. <laughs> she doesn't know as much as she thought either. We humans don't know as much as we think we know. That's why this book is so important. But I am pretty certain that we are responsible for creation because it says so here in this book. And what we do with it matters. Is this important? I think it is. I think a story like this you can use to tell many people. You can diffuse their anger and their confusion. Just don't talk to them about how creation happened because they probably have already mapped it out for you. And they've got the guy to quote on page 74 in the book they have at home on their bookshelf that's a lot smarter than this book. And I get that. But who wants to talk about that? Because that's based on so much more conjecture, even more than what they... It takes more faith to believe that than what's in this book. So just smile at them and say, oh, I don't know how it happened exactly. I just know who caused it to happen. I just know the one who's driving the bus. I don't know who made the steering wheel on the bus. But I can promise you this. I know who's driving the bus. And his name is Jehovah God. And he is our creator in him alone. And there is where I live. That is my faith. That is what I believe. So they can say, well, that's not factually true. And you can say, okay, may not be factually true, but it's true for me because it's what I believe and it's how I live my life. Now you want to believe what's in a book. Okay, a science book. I get it. Those facts are probably good if the book wasn't published too long ago as fact. But facts are changing every day. God is not. The truth comes from a creator who understands us all. Will you pray with me? Father God, let us as your people not get sidetracked when sharing the stories of our faith by things that are, can be argued or by things that cannot really be proven or about things that are even contradictory to what we believe, but rather let us be your people who are accepting of what people are saying around us without validating it as truth and being loving enough to state a simple truth that we all believe in that can never be questioned because it is known through the Spirit and known in our spirit. And may we be so loving in talking with others that when we just tell them that we believe God created the world and that he did it by speaking and it happening, and for us that's all that matters. Perhaps, perhaps, the blinders will fall from their eyes and they might see you more clearly. If there are any here this day, Lord, who need to accept you as Lord and Savior, let them come forward this day as we sing this closing song. If there are any here, Lord, this day who know you but need a church home, let them come forward if they're ready to be a part of this church family and we will gladly receive them in your precious and holy name.